Before we get started with today's episode, we just wanted to let you know that if you are interested in trying audiobooks or have been eyeing an Audible membership, you can get two free audiobooks when you sign up for a free trial at bookriot.com audible. Most free trial offers for Audible only give you one download with your 30-day trial, but we're giving you two. Audiobooks are a great way to work more reading into your life, whether it's during your commute, while you're cooking, while you're at the gym, or whatever. So go to bookriot.com audible to sign up for your free trial and get two free audiobooks. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Kidlet These Days, a Book Riot podcast. Kidlet These Days is your kidlet connoisseurs pairing the best of children's literature with what's going on in the world today. I'm Karina Yan Glazer alongside Matthew Winner and we are here to have conversations that create opportunities for parents, grandparents, teachers, librarians, and all who love children's books to engage in the world through literature in a deeper and broader way. We are recording on May 9th, 2019. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Karina. How are you? Life has been so busy that I feel like it's been forever since I've talked to you. It has been so busy. I think both of us were away this past weekend doing bookish, wonderful things. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you were doing? Does it surprise you at all that we're doing bookish, wonderful things? (laughs) On the weekends? (laughs) (laughs) On the weekends, every moment of the time. Yes. Well, I mean, so I was at the New England SCBWI conference, the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. I was actually speaking not specifically about books, but about social media presence and how to how to be a good individual on social media for authors and illustrators that want to increase their presence or want to connect with folks like me, connect with librarians. Uh, and it was really neat to affirm that relationship because that's something that I really value in my life and in my library. So, you know, having a weekend where I just got to hang out with authors and illustrators and, and you know, have just this adoration fest is is a wonderful thing. (laughs) So what kind of advice did you give to authors and illustrators who want to be more involved in social media? You know, the thing I said most often was that you need to treat being online as if you are just human. That when you get online, you need to be yourself and not get on there just to promote your books or not get on there to... Uh, even on the other side, compare yourself to others and worry about how many followers you have or whatever. Just get on and take those small steps. We say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So take those, <laughs> take those small steps and just, you know, get on to Twitter. I think Twitter is where all the librarians are. So get on to Twitter and hang out with us cool folks and just start commenting. Just start you know, uh, commenting on what other people are saying or the books that they're sharing. You don't have to feel like you have to go on there and say all the things. Just go on and be human, hang out with people, build relationships. And those things over time will grow into something that will be uh, genuine and meaningful and, 
you know, Karina, I know that you know all about this because I see the way specifically on Instagram is where I feel like you're at top game on Instagram. I'm always learning from you. Instagram. Do you? Yeah, I love Instagram. <laughs> I love seeing other people's photos and what's going on. I love it. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, then I I need to start tapping into my friend Karina Yan. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about Instagram presence. But this is too much about me. Let me hear about how your weekend was. Well, I had an awesome weekend as well. I went to this amazing book festival called OMG, which stands for O Middle Grade. So no O way. Middle Grade. It's a, yeah. It's, so this is an amazing book festival. It began three years ago by four middle grade authors, and then they were joined by another another middle grade author. And it's a traveling book festival. And what they do, and it's specifically for middle grade. So what they do is they go to a city, and on the Friday they'll go with their um, cohort of middle grade authors and visit a Title I school and um, various schools in the area, various Title I schools in the area will bus kids in and do workshops with the authors. And it was super fun. And all the kids go away with a free book. And then on Saturday, we did a author circus, which was a public event. And yes, so basically, it's just middle grade authors who are getting super silly with the kids and doing game shows (laughs) and illustrator drops. And it's not sort of the typical book festival where there are panels or um, things that maybe kids would not be as excited about. So we're just out there making fools of ourselves and playing like mind match games or, um, uh, dare or dare was was another one. No way. <laughs> um, and then a bunch of you know there was an illustrator draw off that I got to moderate or I got to, to MC and that was super fun. And yeah, it was a great festival. It was in St. Louis, and I'm not sure where it's going to be next year. They're considering a few different locations, but I think it's great when you know, middle grade authors can go into a community and sort of just share about books and reading and writing and be silly with the kids and just have a great time. And it's, yeah, it was a great weekend. It sounds like it's so much fun for the kids too. What a connection you're making with them. And it makes me think that listeners, you should uh, email us at kidlit kidlit these days at bookriot.com and tell us what book festivals you like to go to you know karina we're starting to get some feedback from our dear listeners did you see that we received our first review on itunes yes and please read it out loud because it's so it makes me feel so good (laughs) we have received some stars which makes me smile and these words are definitely very sweet um from a user named auditory learner says i was glad to find this podcast as a school librarian I was a Karina Yan Glazer and Matthew Winter fan already. And to hear them talk about books together is so fun. Some of the books I know and some are new to me. I love when Matthew talks about pairings. I look forward to more episodes. Come on. That's awesome. That is so great. Yeah. It's so nice to see a, a nice review. And yeah, and especially since we're just starting this podcast. It's really fun to see people discovering it and being excited about it. So thank you so much, listeners. We're very grateful. 
and hop onto iTunes and send us a review. <laughs> yes, please do. That really does help. Any reviews help um, give exposure to the podcast. So right now we'd like to talk about our second sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Catherine Applegate's best-selling middle grade novel, Tree. This was one of my favorite books that came out in 2017. It is a story about compassion, friendship, and tolerance with its message of inclusivity and community action. This is a book that handles the subject and controversy over immigration with sensitivity and grace and is perfect for read-alouds or book clubs. I'm not the only one who loves Wistree. Um, other prominent reviewers also have said great things about it. New York Times Book Review calls it a beautifully written, morally bracing story that will leave its imprint on a reader of any age. And the Washington Post says it speaks movingly to a noisy, fractious world. Catherine Applegate is also the beloved and Newbery Award-winning author of The One and Only Ivan, which is one of my most favorite books of all time, and I use it when I do school visits and do specifically writing workshops. I use it to talk about voice and character because Ivan is just such a lovable, wonderful character, and it's so fun to um, examine the writing and help it inspire our own writing. The One and Only Ivan is perfection and actually just this week wish tree was named the winner of our state library book award the the maryland black-eyed susan award which is a student a librarian nominated student selected book award uh wish tree won for the grades four through six category so i've been telling all of my students all week long about the books that won and here we are talking about wish tree Yes, and also for those listeners who might not have read it, Wish Tree is narrated by a tree. So it's very, I mean, Catherine Applegate is so gifted. She can just pull off um, point of view from any anything. <laughs> tree, uh, gorilla. Um, she is <laughs> just so talented and her writing is gorgeous. So definitely check out that book if you haven't already. So I, thinking of Catherine Applegate and these great authors of these books we're, we're always sharing, it's making me think about school visits and what goes into, on the librarian side and the PTA side, what it goes into um, planning school visits. Um, because, Karina, you do school visits, but do you ha- have you been involved at all with, with planning of school visits with your kids? Yeah, so I've helped... My the school that my daughters go to, I've helped sort of reach out to authors. But after I do that, the librarian mostly works directly with the author, their publicist to organize all the details. Right. So I'm just sort of like the middle person. And then I get out of the way so they can have those conversations. But, yeah, I would love to hear more about how it looks like from the librarian side, because I know it is a lot of work. And I always appreciate when the librarian is super on top of it. And yeah, so tell us, tell us a little bit more about what it looks like on your side. Yeah. Let me tell you typical. And then I'm going to tell you about my, my, my best author visit to date. So typical is, um, 
the PTA maybe is funding the the author visit, and so I will. They're looking for input, so I will suggest three or four names. I uh, will give contact information to those individuals if they're available on their website. I always link the website of the author or illustrator so that our PTA can learn a little bit about more about who they are and what books they have published. And I usually give a little bit of blurb uh, as to here's why I think this individual would make uh, a, a good guest at our school because we have um, we're a majority minority school. Uh, it would be great to have an author of color coming and speaking about these specific topics or about um, this book was on our state book award list or or whatever. It, it covers really it can be almost any reason this is connecting with the curriculum or just this individual is awesome. I heard them speak at a recent conference. You need to book them pronto. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but the the school visit that I think we've all cherished the most was that last year, our school welcomed Jewel Parker Rhodes to the oh school. Oh my gosh, we're <laughs> you so know, lucky. Right? For those that aren't aware, <laughs> Jewel Parker Rhodes most recently wrote uh, a novel called Ghost Boys. And we did uh, also a special thing with this book, sort of turning the author visit on its head, our fifth graders all read the book or rather the classroom teachers all read ghost boys aloud to the fifth grade teachers and the, the, or to the fifth grade students and the students journaled throughout the process of hearing the book read aloud. Hmm. And when Jewel came to our school, we, instead of having sort of a typical author visit, she did do a shortened version of her talk, but then welcomed us to do essentially a giant book club with the author, with all of our students. And more importantly, I want to emphasize that we invited the school, the whole school felt this book was so important that we invited our parents to join, parents of our students, the other staff throughout the building to join, our superintendent. Uh, We invited really the whole county to come to this event and hear this individual speak and really center um, what it looks like for an author to come to a school and also for children to get to engage with that author. It's something I take very, very seriously because I know that when I was a, a child, I never got to meet an author. I never even knew that there were really, you know, people behind the <laughs> books. <laughs> right. I didn't know that. Yeah, Other than same. Shel Silverstein's pig, I always say famously, the one person I did know was Shel Silverstein because his face creeped me out on the back of Where the Sidewalk Ends. <laughs> right, but yeah, that was that, a I, really big photo. That's a really big photo. <laughs> just, it's alarming if you're not aware that it's coming and you're, you know, seven years old. Right. But, mm-hmm. but why I bring this up, and in relation to what we're talking about today, is that I, I know that when we have money as a school, or we become the gatekeepers to who our children get to see, who our children get to hear from, what books we bring in front of them, but more importantly, what individuals we bring in front of them, and what it might mean to bring Karina Yan Glaser to our school and and how she might speak, how you might speak, but how you know she might speak to our students, not only about her book, but about the life that inspired that book. So I'm so excited that you had the chance to sit down with an author who's presence at a school well it it 
it maybe didn't go the way that my well, it definitely didn't go the way that my school visits go, but I think it it offered something that we can all learn from. Right. So this author, her name is K.A. Holt, and we're so excited to have her on the podcast today. Last month, she had an article published in Publishers Weekly, and it was called Now You See Me, Now You Don't. And I read the article right away, and I think Matthew probably, you read it as well, did, probably yeah. at the same time because I remember texting you and saying, oh my gosh, this article is amazing and touching and I think we need to have her on the show. And you were like, yes, definitely. So we invited I, her. I think, made, <laughs> see, I think I may have said some words that were maybe a little colorful about what happened to her. And right. then said, um, yes, invite her in a heartbeat. <laughs> and I'm right. so glad she said yes. Yes. So she is going to read an excerpt from the article and also talk a little bit about soft censorship and what that means and how it happened in her situation when she was invited to visit a school. So let me tell you a little bit about her. K.A. Holt is the author of many books for kids, including Rhyme Schemer, House Arrest, Knockout, and the forthcoming Redwood and Ponytail. All of these are published by Chronicle Books. She lives in Austin, Texas, and is active within the vibrant Texas writing community. Here's K.A. Holt. Hi there. My name is Carrie Ann Holt, and I am the author of many middle grade books uh, for kids, um, including Rhyme Schemer, House Arrest, Knockout, and my newest novel that will be out October 1st is Redwood and Ponytail. These are all novels in verse. I'm going to read to you today from an essay that I wrote for Publishers Weekly uh, on uh, April 25th. It's called Now You See Me, Now You Don't. I am in a gym. I hold a microphone in one hand, a remote in the other. 350 middle school kids size me up. I ask them if they want to see my seventh grade yearbook photo. Yes, no, ah! I click the remote. A slightly blurry photo appears on the giant screen behind me. Me at 12, looming large. The hair, the glasses, the definition of awkward. The irony isn't lost on me that back then I spent a lot of time trying to make myself invisible. And now here I am on display, having a great time. This is a scene that repeats itself dozens of times a year. As an author of middle grade novels, I visit lots of schools to talk about my books and writing. I also talk about poetry and where my ideas come from. I talk about how to combat writer's block and how to structure a story. I answer questions about publishing, about my dog, about which of my books are my favorites. Sometimes a student will ask if I'm married and I'll say, are you proposing? Which gets me a laugh every time. And then I say, you're too late. My wife and I got married last year. Guess what happens next? 90% of the time, nothing. The hands go back in the air and I answer the next question. Yes, 10% of the time, there'll be a few giggles. Sometimes a kid will say, I knew it, and high five the kid next to them. If no one asks if I'm married, someone will often say, has anyone ever told you that you look like Ellen DeGeneres? I know what this is code for, and they do too. For those kids, I'm the only lesbian they've seen other than Ellen. Sometimes middle school girls will cry when I sign their books. I'm their bookish gay lady beetle. But most kids don't care at all. 
I'm a grown-up who wrote a book that they read. Cool. Can you sign my book and my arm? Yes, I can if your teacher says it's okay. My presentation is not about being gay. It's not about my personal life or my marriage. It's not called lesbians. They're people just like us. Being gay is irrelevant to what I'm there to present about. And yet, on a student-by-student basis, it can become the most relevant thing we never talk about. When I walk into a school, I do not unfurl an eight-foot-long gay agenda and hold everyone hostage until they pledge allegiance to the rainbow flag. In fact, when I visit schools, I do everything a straight author does except for three things. One, I'm a lady and I say my wife when asked about my spouse. Two, I give every LGBTQ plus kid in the audience a flesh and blood example of an LGBTQ plus person who isn't on TV, who isn't a stereotype, who is proud and confident, who is a human just like everyone else. And three, I give every non-LGBTQ plus kid in the audience a flesh and blood example of an LGBTQ plus person who isn't on TV, who isn't a stereotype, who is proud and confident, who is a human just like everyone else. Thank you so much, Carrie. Um, Thanks for being on the show with us. And Matthew and I, when we first saw your article on Publishers Weekly, we were, (laughs) we must have been reading it at the same time because I texted him, oh my gosh, this article is so amazing. We need to have Carrie on the show. And I got an answer like within a second. And (laughs) he was saying, we need to have Carrie on the show. So I'm so excited that um, you're with us. And I have a few questions for you. So the article goes on um, to talk about soft censorship. And we don't we don't have time to read the whole article, but we will link to it in the show notes. Can you tell us a little bit about soft censorship and what it looks like? What what is the meaning of that? Can you just explain a little bit for listeners who might not be familiar with that term? So I think I wish that I could come up with a better term for it, um, because I feel like soft censorship uh, makes it seem like less insidious, you know, um, mm-hmm. when actually I think it's it's more, it really is more insidious because what soft censorship does is it, uh, it prevents an author, say, who is at a school uh, there to talk to kids. Um, soft censorship will come in and, and say, we'll let you talk to these kids, but not these kids because... Uh, either you or your books have been deemed inappropriate for their age group or soft censorship will be something like um, you get invited to speak at a festival. um, But suddenly the festival organizers uh, are afraid of what you might talk about. So they say, instead of having a 45 minute keynote, uh, we're going to put you in a room with five people and you're going to speak over there. Um, it, it's basically a way for people. Um, I think what has happened is that um, in the past, you know, authors have been uninvited because of uh, they've been like uninvited to festivals or schools because of parent complaints or things like that. And um, mm-hmm. there's a big stink, right? Censorship is public. Um, people make a fuss about it. Um, and soft censorship, you still get invited. You still get paid. You still go. But you're very, very limited in um who you can see and uh, how your message gets out. Right. So can you, um, so the the article that you wrote talks more about what the situation um, 
the situation that had happened when you visited a school. Can you just briefly describe what had happened just so our listeners can have some context? Sure. Um, So I was invited to do a school visit um, because a school, the entire school had read my book, Rhyme Schemer. It was a one book, one school read. Um, And I was invited to come in and do two presentations um, for ninth through 12th graders. I got to the school. Everybody was nice and friendly. Um, We went into the auditorium and I was told that because of um, there had been a lot of snow days. And so the kids were going to have to study. So I wasn't going to be able to. So I wasn't going to speak to as many as I had thought. Um, And what happened was I ended up speaking to 20 kids in one presentation Um, Mm. and then another presentation that was maybe another 20 kids. Uh, and that was it. And those, those kids that I spoke to were all AP, uh, English seniors. Um, and at the time I didn't really realize, I mean, I could tell some, like, it felt like things were tilting sideways a little bit, but I didn't really quite figure out what was going on. Um, because Rhyme Schemer is, it's a book about bullying. It's a book about empathy. Um, Mm -hmm it doesn't have any controversial topics or anything. So, so I get paid. I, I mean, they give me my check. They're all very nice, very polite the whole time. I get back to my hotel and I see this tweet from a student who said, um, I'm really sorry that I didn't get to see you today. Um, discrimination is real. Keep being you. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know what that means exactly. So I sent a direct message and asked you know, would you mind telling me a little bit more about what you mean? And she said, well, the principal, I Googled you. And uh, didn't like the pride flags. Parents had complained. Um, And so uh, they decided that you were inappropriate for underclassmen. And uh, that was that. Uh, And and so I felt really stupid having not realized that that was what was going on. Um, But it made a lot of things make sense, I guess, in hindsight when I looked back on it. Right. I've... So that's happened, um, like I've done some one book, one school things as well. And I know that, you know, the school has invested a lot in in doing that. They usually give a copy of the book to every kid and, you know, you're invited to talk to the whole school and it's a really big deal. So I can imagine how that must have felt when you walked in. The first one book, one school event I've ever done where I, there was no book signing. <laughs> right. right. Usually that they really is. try to make it like a big celebration and yeah. right and have a big book signing. So, wow, that that is, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Um, well, so for, so Publishers Wiki def, def, definitely has its own population of readers, usually people who are in the business. And our podcast appeals mostly to parents, grandparents, or people who are front-facing in front of kids, like teachers or librarians, educators. So what are ways that we can help others to understand this issue and how it's happening and also to avoid or prevent soft censorship? Those are, that's a great question um, because I know that um, educators – uh, have a really tough job in that, um, you know, they, they have to field, um, questions and complaints from lots of different people and, um, and they don't have time to, to, to deal with it, I imagine, you know? So, um, 
I think that, I don't know, I think one of the ways to try to easily shut down something, like if a parent came to a school and said, uh, I don't think that this author is appropriate to talk to fifth graders because, you know, she's gay. You have to point out that, like, there are children in the school who uh, who identify, right, mm-hmm. as queer. There are children in the school who have parents, who have brothers and sisters, who have cousins, who have friends, who are all who also are all gay, right? So when the children get the message that this author is inappropriate, what they're really hearing is that they are inappropriate, right? Mm -hmm. Or that their mom or their dad or their brother or their cousin or whatever. And, you know, that, that is a, that's a terrible message to give a child. Um, And I think that educators need to point out that, you know, you would never, you're never going to ask a straight author um, if their books are about sex or, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you will, right. you're not going to make this assumption. Right. And there's like right. a weird assumption that happens, I think, um, because just because of like how, how society has sort of, uh, built up this weird, um, story, right. Mm-hmm. About people who are gay or whatever. Um, and so you have to fight back against that. You have to say, like, you know, everybody is a human. We are all the same. Um, there's no reason why this author visit would be any different than any other author visit. There's no reason why this presentation would be any different than any other presentation. You know, you're just mm-hmm. showing the children that their lives are equal to the lives of everyone else. Right. So... You and I first met in person at Tweens Read, which is a great conference uh, book festival in Texas that happens every year. And I had seen some of the readers' reaction to you. They were so excited about your books and about meeting you. And it was really fun to watch that happening and to see how kids really connected with your books and really just had an instant connection with you. So in your article, you mentioned that when you visit schools, you do everything a straight author does, and then you list those three things. Um, And I was wondering for our last question, Carrie, is that in regards to those qualities differentiating you from a straight author, what is one of the most memorable positive moments you've had from an author visit you've done? Oh, gosh. So... I'm sure there are so many, but there really are. It's like every school I go to, there's always a moment when, uh, usually it's a, usually it's a a, a girl will come up to me, um, and she'll just say something really quietly. Like, um, I like your hair Hmm. or those are really cool shoes or, and it's, and you know, I know exactly what she's saying and exactly what she means. And and so I can smile and be like, I like your hair and your shoes too. Um, but one school in particular, there was a girl and she was wearing this very long flowery dress. It was very much like a, the kind of dress that your mom would make for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and she had the same kind of curly hair that I had when I was in seventh grade. Um, and she came up to me and she said, is it okay if I ask you a very personal question? Right. Her teacher's walking by and she's like, no personal questions. But <laughs> she just kept walking by. And the and the girl was like, is it okay? And I said, absolutely. Ask me, ask me whatever you want. And she said, 
what would you say your sexuality is? Um, and I said, well, I would say that, you know, I'm 100% a lesbian. And she looked at me and she said, I'm that too. <laughs> Which was such an interesting way for her to phrase it, right? Because that tells me she's still working on getting to that acceptance, right? I'm right. that, I'm that too. And then she smiled and then she just walked away. And that was yeah. that. Like that, well, I don't know her name. You know, we did that was the only interaction that we had. But that to me was like, you know, she saw me and then I saw her. And maybe right. that's the first time she asked anyone to see her or anyone had seen her or I don't know. I, it's, it makes the hair stand up on my arm now just thinking about it because those are, those are the kind of moments I didn't get to have as a kid. Um, and I can't imagine what it would have meant, you know, to me. Yeah. I mean, when you told that story too, I thought back to when I was young and I didn't have those moments either where, you know, uh, an author came or someone who looked like me would come to our school. And I, I didn't have that connection either. So I think about that girl and what that must have meant to her to have that connection with you and how powerful that is. So thank yeah. you for sharing that story. And thank you for being on the podcast. We're so excited to have you. And we look forward to your new book, Redwood and Ponytail, which you said is coming out October October 1st. 1st. Okay, mm -hmm. so we look forward to that. And as you know, we're huge fans of your other books. So very excited well, about the new one. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for letting me talk more about this because it's I don't know, it's important. And I think people are just now kind of figuring out this whole soft censorship thing. And so the more we talk about it, the better. Yes, I agree. Well, thank you so much. All right, thanks. This episode is sponsored by TBR, Book Riot's new subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes. Been dreaming of Stitch Fix for books? Now it's here. Tell TBR about your reading preferences and what you're looking for and sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget. Each TBR delivery contains three titles in the recommendations only level or three new hardcovers, and you'll receive a new shipment every three months. Give your bibliologist feedback, update your requests to stay in line with your reading goals and expanding horizons, and basically have your own personal book concierge. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co. And now, one of my favorite moments in the segment, Karina, is talking to you about what I've been reading. Yes. Have you been reading awesome things? I have. I mean, I'm you must sort of be. excited about what you're reading. You seemed so excited about it. So let me tell you, yeah, I, I'm, tell I'm willing. I always feel like whenever I tell you middle grade, because I am a behind reader on middle grade, because I have to sort of wait until I can get something on audiobook, right? Mm -hmm. um, if it becomes available. Yes, uh, I know that. And I, I am frequently <laughs> using my Audible account for for said requests. But going into the New England SCBWI conference, I knew that there was going to be an individual there whose book 
so many librarians and authors and illustrators are talking about. And so I moved it up to the top of my TBR pile. And that is The Bridge Home by oh, yeah. Adma Venkatraman. Yes, it's so good. Oh, my word. Karina, this book. This book about... Well, let me tell you this. I listened to it on audio. So Padma actually read it to Oh, me. awesome. Yeah, so that's so, pretty unusual to have a writer. It is. Yeah, the author read it because most of us don't know how, how to read our own I books. I fanboyed. <laughs> I was so nervous about seeing her at this conference. And then all of my friends um, started making fun of me. And then <laughs> one of my dear, dear friends, Sudipta Barthonqualen, um, sort of very awkwardly, introdu- deliberately awkwardly, introduced me to Padma. And we had great laughs and got over it real quick. Okay. But I learned also that Padma had to, as it would make sense, she had to audition to read her book. She mm-hmm. had to send in samples. Um, this book, the I, I will say I was an hour from finishing it during the conference. So I didn't finish the book until on my way home. Mm-hmm. And it just destroyed me. I don't think I would have been able to look her in the eyes if I had finished <laughs> the book because of how beautiful and how much she took care of the reader yeah. in that story. But for those that haven't approached it yet, for those that haven't read The Bridge Home yet, it's a story about runaway sisters who run away from their family because their father is abusive, not only to their mother, but to them. And so... And it's set in India, right? And it's set in India. Yeah. And uh, the characters' names are Viji and Ruku. And they they run away and find a home on this on this bridge in this town. And they find other runaways as well. But that... That shelter and friendship relationship there um, gets challenged by having to provide for yourself, by having to um, manage what it means to to have other people on the street threatening your existence, uh, trying to find schooling, trying to find support. They find this adorable dog, but then they uh, you know, come into a situation where they need to eat. And so it's this question of, do we give up this dog? Do we sell this dog to a wealthy family who takes interest in it one day uh, while passing on the street? Do we do we sell this dog in order to take care of ourselves and to, well, to take care of one of the sisters getting, getting sick? I don't really want to say a whole lot because to me, the value for, for me, Karina, was going in knowing nothing about this book. Mm-hmm. And the way Padma reads it to you is so slow and careful and caring you can hear this the that every word was so carefully selected to tell this story and i just i just love it i really i can't even clearly articulate how much this book really moved me the bridge home at badma venkatraman i how about you what have you been reading yeah Yeah. well i love that book as well i also specifically loved their friendships the friendships in that book and the oh, sort of community right. of other kids that they had found um, i agree yeah so i love the way that that vg looked out for her sister yeah her sister who isn't it isn't really said but that she has uh uh she has a, a a disability and you just see that that the older sister is going to take care of ruku no matter what and um, yeah, it's just beautiful. Oh, it's just beautiful. 
so the book I'm reading right now is The Hero Next Door. It's um, edited by Bemi Rude Perkovich, who is a friend of mine. She lives in New York, and she's the author of Two Naomi's, as well as I was just going to say, Two Naomi's. Yeah, which are middle grade books. And she is just so wonderful. And this book is has been written in conjunction with the organization We Need Diverse Books. And it's a whole collection of short stories. So there are a bunch of amazing authors who contributed short stories to this, like Hannah Kahn, R.J. Palacio, Ellen O., Linda Sue Park wrote a, wrote a short story with Anna Dobbin, Rita Williams-Garcia. There's just so many wonderful authors who wrote pieces in here. So I've been slowly making my way through this and just enjoying the short stories. And We Need Diverse Books had also published uh, another book that was edited by Ellen O called Flying Lessons and Other Stories. And what was oh, interesting that about that other book was that Meg Medina had written a story for that one, and that was the first time that she had written about this girl named Mercy Suarez. Um, she wrote a short story about this girl named Mercy Suarez in her in her short story called Soul Painting, and that became a full-length book, which ended up being Mercy Suarez Changes Gears, which is the one that just won the Newberry this past year. So I am very interested <laughs> in oh. getting through all these short stories in this, The Hero Next Door. I am interested in seeing if anyone does the same thing, expands their short story into a full-length book, and then wins an amazing ALA award. <laughs> because of it anyways this How about it? Really... and meg medina was on episode one she was which i was i just love what she said about her work and the current climate and the border wall i thought she's just amazing <laughs> she's an amazing person so that's what i'm reading love it well as always all of the things we covered today, the PW article about K.A. Holt had written and, and all of that information, every book that Karina and I mentioned, you can find it all in our show notes, which can be found at bookriot.com slash listen. And for those of you who would like to hear more of K.A. Holt, she does a full length about a one-hour interview with Grace Lynn on the podcast Kidlit Women, and I thought that interview was fascinating, and um, there was such great conversation there. So if you want to learn even more about the situation, about soft censorship, about K.A. Holt, definitely tune into that, and that will be in the show notes as well. And thanks for joining us. As always, we would love your feedback on this podcast and always appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts. When you do that, you also help other people find us. You can find me, Karina Yan Glazer, on Twitter at Karina Yan Glazer and on Instagram at Karina is reading and writing. <laughs> like a boss on Instagram. <laughs> and you can find me, Matthew Winner, on Twitter at, at Matthew Winner or on the Children's Book Podcast, which you can listen to on your favorite podcast app. If you have a story idea, reach out to us on social media or please do email us at kidlitthesedays at bookriot.com. We would love to hear what we're thinking about, what you're reading, and what you want to hear on the show next. 
May your coming days be storied and may those good stories keep on coming.